When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is my great pleasure to be with you. On a libations Friday, Lucy Goosey edition of the program. I'm Jeff. That's Tom, Director Matthew, in the house as well. And you're you. You're listening to us. We appreciate that. Also appreciate those of you that are watching on War Chant TV. If in fact you are watching on War Chant TV, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast here and to uh, War Chant Television and all that good stuff so that others may find the show more readily and content like it helps us get done what we need to get done and others find it if that's your cup of tea. may not be. If it's not for you, just move it along. Just move it along. But if it is, celebrate and help others do the same. Hey, look at this. Look at this fancy camera you got here, Tom Lang. Look at this here. Oh, man, I look like a movie star. Look, I mean, I always had a little something for the camera, but now in 4K, you get to see. Clark Gable over here. Mm-hmm. Cliff in the chin. You get to see it all. It's really impressive. So That's Gene Williams, man. He, he ordered it. Sent yeah. it to my house. Yeah, thank you. And and I think in the very near future, it's going to be even better. We're going to install some software, I'm told, with this. You know me and software. you got to have the software, Tom. It's key. Also, it's not enough just to have the equipment piece itself. you got to have the proper software to go with. Yep. And firmware. There's also firmware. It's important. There are aspects of your life where both are necessary, Tom. Software and firmware. So it is that we have it. You know, we uh, we weren't on the air yesterday, and, and, and my apologies for that. Not really. I'm not apologizing. I, I, well, that's disingenuous. We weren't on the air yesterday is a better way of saying it. And uh, and then I, I would tell you that on um, Wednesday, of course, Tom and I had uh, already done the show, uh, but but I thought that was a good show, it was a, a fun show to do. But we weren't on the show yesterday. Went out of town. You and I did. We were asked uh, to to go out of town to to be a part of a, a, a larger group uh, of guys. That uh, it was a, sort of a business thing here, without going into too much detail and all that. But uh, we 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 played a little golf there at the Robert Trent Jones uh, Golf Course. Well, they have so many golf courses, but a uh, golf course, and it was a great time both days. A lot of golf. Oh, yeah. Excessive amount of golf. That's fine. Which is a good thing. It's a good thing. Yes, yeah, not a bad thing. I don't mean it that way. But, you know, you feel it today. You feel it today. And people might say, man, don't don't regale us with all your damn golfing while we were working. Don't do that on a libations Friday, loosey-goosey. Uh, so, you know, yeah. That, yes, by the way, Swiss Irish, that is where we went. Uh, they're right by Dothan uh, Highland. 
is Highland where, Oaks. Yep. Highland mm-hmm. Oaks is where we were, and um, and some good, some bad, what have you. So all of it. That's what golf is, right? In terms of the play. Uh, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The point is, thanks to that group and thanks to all those guys, but I, I was bringing this up for the reason that um, I use these opportunities. A lot of the guys there, not all, a lot of the guys there are, are Florida State guys, Florida State graduates and uh, or fans, alumni, boosters, people of the community, whatever it might be, right, that have a vested interest in Florida State in some capacity. And even the ones that didn't, maybe went to other schools, are interested in that conversation. And I, I always use it as a chance to kind of gauge where uh, Florida State's uh, fan base and, and, and boosters are. Like, where, where, where are they mentally? Where are they? What, what kinds of questions are they asking? And some of these guys on the trip can do something about oh, it. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, they can do a lot about it. Uh, but they, they, they really did kind of ask the kinds of questions that I think people all over the country in a weird way uh, are asking, to be honest with you, because they're they're wondering where do they put their money? What do I do? What do I do? I had a guy on the trip say that, and he's a guy that could do something about what we're talking about and has been very successful, Florida State graduate, diehard Noel, doesn't live in Florida but wants to give back, goes to the games, flies in, like that kind of guy, you know, goes to away games, those kinds of things. And he said, I don't know, you know, a lot of times I don't know what to do anymore because I want to give, I want to give back. I, I'm, I'm proud of my university and how far we've come academically. And, and a sort of, of course, I care deeply about the athletics, in particular football. And I do really think that that's where everybody's at anymore. It's sort of the, do I give my money to the boosters? Because for years, that's what we did. We gave the money to the boosters and said, make it happen. You know, like, let's, whatever needs to happen, facilities or otherwise. Uh, or do I give the money to the players because this is a dawn of a new day and we got to get good players. And it's, you know, everywhere you look, every day you wake up, there's another story about a high profile player leaving one place to go to another place. And however you read between the lines there, invariably, it's about how a guy has an opportunity to, frankly, make a lot of money. By going to this other place. And so they are talking about tax implications and everything else of that. And it's just a a lot of fee- people feel betwixt and between. And I think Florida State fans in general, the Florida State program, all of that, it, you know, that's not singular to Florida State University. That's at a lot of places. But we're at a critical mass. We're at a place now where the thought of this group, no matter how supportive, and I will say this again, no matter how supportive they are of Mike Norvell and staff, you notice the emphasis on this upcoming season. Like, we can't say it enough. The money people, yeah. like, hey, man. That's not a media thing. That's not a media no, thing. it's a mover and shaker thing. It's very much so. Now, what is interesting, and I've brought this up many times, the reality of Florida State's situation is such that Mike Norvell, short of a catastrophe, is not being let go at the end of this year. So six and six, five and seven, four and eight, not being let go. Now, to be sure, if something disastrous like that happened, the vast majority, even the most unwavering supporters up to this point of Florida State Mike and his staff would either have second doubts or be outright emphatic about wanting to move on if that were to happen. Fine. It's 
not likely to happen. Again, it would have to be something absurd. They would have to just be clearly into the side of the mountain, two and ten. What are we doing? We're just, you know, you got to move on, right? Kind of. It would have to be something like that. And I don't think that's going to happen. But those guys are all realists. They're pretty pragmatic. As much as they love them, they're like, yeah, but I've heard you say that he would be a dead man walking. Do you believe that's true? I'm like, yes, I, I'm not saying it to say it. I do believe it would be true. I mean, now there Shock, are people, jock. Yeah, there'd be people who disagree with me, but they're wrong. And, and so that's fine. That's fine. You know, people are wrong all the time. And it's okay. You know, you got to allow for that. But uh, – they they get it. They get it. And so, man, it just further ratcheted up my enthusiasm and excitement surrounding, like, every day that goes by as we're now in May. Now, May is on the fringes of I can see it from here. It's not quite I can see it from here, but it's on the fringes because May will be gone before you know it. And then when it is, you're like, oh, yeah. Then it's your birthday. Yeah, then it's my birthday in June, and everybody uses that as a cornerstone of the summer. They kind of look at it. They look at it and they kind of say, all right, well, this is today is Jeff's birthday. And usually we always celebrate Jeff's birthday and it, wherever you are celebrating my birthday, whoever that is out there. You know, it's like you come home. Do you know it's Jeff Cameron's birthday? I did. I did know that. Yeah, we mark it on the calendar. That's the conversation. I'm taking of, Friday off for Jeff's birthday. Jeff's birthday well, I'm a Monday guy. I like to take the next Monday off for Whatever Jeff's birthday. Whatever floats yeah. your boat for that birthday celebration, uh, it's kind of a holiday, especially in Tallahassee. It's a national debate. Everybody kind of celebrates my birthday, June the 11th, uh, in their own way. In their own way. And I'm not here to tell you how to celebrate my birthday, just so long as you do. Whatever day that, you know, you want to do that on a night, you want to do that a Saturday afternoon, you want to make it a full weekend, maybe you get together with your extended family on my birthday and you go to New Orleans and celebrate my birthday. I, however you want to do that. I'd pick a different city this year because we're going to be there for the LSU game, so maybe, you know, maybe go to Vegas. But whatever that might be. I celebrated your birthday last night at Corner Pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you did. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a great time. Kudos to uh, to Stephanie, who you were there to help celebrate along with my birthday. Right, uh, right. And, and, and we love Stephanie, and I did not make it. I did not make it. And she's probably going to be ornery about that, and I understand. But, you know, Tom, I'm an older man than you, and I was very tired, tuckered by the golf. I kind of figured I needed to be home with the family. Plus, Corner Pocket couldn't be further away from my home than it is. It really could. It's, it's a toughie for me. It's nowhere near me. And... We drove back from Alabama, and that's it. And it's got tentacles, too. It does. And, and they found you. They found you last night. Those what are you talking wrapped about? Wrapped their arms no. around you. So, anyhow, however you were celebrating my birthday, I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, looking forward to my birthday while honoring Stephanie's night. That's good of you. Um, so, congratulations, Stephanie. I would say that, um, I would say that uh, that's a marker for a lot of people. Of It's about to be go time. Now, you and I might look at it as just a singular way to celebrate me. But a lot of other people see it as the jumping-off point. And next thing you know, buddy, it's it's July. We're in Charlotte. We're at the ACC yep. kickoff. Here we go. Yeah, it's basically when it's your birthday, it's, uh, all right, whatever you're going to do, get it done in terms of vacationing or whatever. Because now, especially this year, the kickoff in Charlotte on the 20th of July, we're going to come back home and, and camp's going to start. It has to. It has to start a week earlier this year. Started two weeks That's earlier. Right. July is yeah, actually football than, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I love it when that happens. Uh, so, by the way, I was I'm laughing here on the chat. 
folks for making me laugh here. Uh, thank you, Swiss Irish. I appreciate you. I celebrate your continued existence almost every day, El Jefe. Thank you. Thank you, Swiss Irish. we got to get you an El Jefe shirt. Yeah. And and uh, I like that Live Spectator threw up uh, the Alabama Slimmer. Uh, <laughs> which exists <laughs> which in exists. Dothan. We drove past it, and I pointed to it and went, "You, this is the greatest thing ever. I almost wanted to say, slow the van down. Slow the van down. There's the Alabama Slimmer right there. Well, I'll be if this ain't the Alabama Slimmer himself. Um, <laughs> it made me laugh. Oh, that's good. Point is... May's tough, but hang in there, kids. It's get we're we're all eagerly anticipating. We gotta get there. But in the interim, in the interim, there'll be plenty of intrigue. And there will be plenty uh, to do with in, in particular, I think, uh, it's true of both FSU softball, which once again It's all they do. That's all they do is kick ass. This time it's a sweep, suck it, Florida. It's a beautiful thing to watch time and again. They do it in dramatic fashion. This is a that's a fun program. Good for them kicking ass again. It's just got to be where I take it for granted. We take it for granted, almost like the soccer team. You just take it for granted. Well, they're going to be great, national championship great or runner up great. That's the kind of great we talk about. Either we're going to win it all or come up just short. One of those two. Not like oh, do we got a shot to win the conference? Conference. You better get ready for those ass kickings. Rest of these teams, you're you're playing for second. Everybody else gets that right. They're they're like if you're a fan of Virginia, you're like can we finish 500? Yeah, no. Here it's like national championship, maybe, maybe lose to Oklahoma, possible. Right. Yeah. Did you watch them last night? Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You watched Oklahoma softball last night against Oklahoma State. Breaking news, please. Lower third. Breaking mm-hmm. news. Jeff watched Oklahoma softball. Wow. Well. I watched not all that game. It was Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And of course, we took on Oklahoma State earlier in the year. I'm very well aware. Yeah, a couple I watched, weeks ago. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I thought, you know, let's see where this. <laughs> oh, people on the chat. There it is. And they weren't playing Florida State. That's uh, the stunner. They were playing Oklahoma State. Bedlam. I'm gauging. Well, first of all, I'm rooting for Oklahoma to beat Oklahoma State. But secondly, I'm gauging just where. I mean, we know what that program is. I on, I see only them as our competition, nobody else. It's Oklahoma. Everybody else, come get your whooping. So and we're the underdogs, decidedly. We are, we are decided underdog, underdog. And I wanted to see to what degree, if I could evaluate that properly in just a singular sitting. I'm not multiple days worth of Oklahoma softball or any softball for that matter. But uh, you got me for tonight as I'm fading to sleep here in the early evening, tired as I was. Not celebrating Stephanie's party. <laughs> and so I uh, I did. I watched a little bit. And, uh, yeah, you know, one thing I realized that if you have to play in Norman, it feels like they're on top of you. That all those cow pokes are right there on top of you. Old people. You know how FSU baseball features an audience of overwhelmingly old fans of the game? Just that if you walk through there, walk past section B, and you're looping back around towards the third baseline, you know. Any staircase at Hauser, just, you know, you got to wait. You're going to be waiting. Take your time. As you're going through and you're walking, one thing I notice is that if you survey the landscape at Hauser, you're like, oh, that guy be dead next year. This guy, yeah. That's kind of how, that's what you're, yeah. No, it's all internal dialogue, of course. You don't say it aloud. That's your dialogue. Yeah. My dialogue is this is the last game he might see. And then I, and others, I'm like, well, 
I hope they do it this year for him. You know, that kind of thing. That's that's the way I look at it a lot of times. But they don't get any older than they do in Norman. Holy moly, they're fans of softball in Norman. I, I was watching the camera pan last night for that game, Oklahoma-Oklahoma State. I was like, there's nobody under the age of 88. Like that, that, It was unreal. The people, at least behind home plate, the people with the good seats. Whew. I mean, goodness gracious. I'm going to point it out to you next time. I guess they're leaving the Oklahoma softball program in their will, those folks. That's why they get the good seats. Funding it well. You know, last year, or was it the year before? I can't remember. You have uh, a wonderful disdain for Oklahoma's head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And the best part is I had forgotten. I don't know her name, but I've got disdain. I had forgotten about that. I had forgotten how much you hate the head coach at Oklahoma for softball. And I'm watching the game, and there's a play at second base where they're challenging the call. The girl's trying to turn a double play, and the thought from Oklahoma was that she didn't touch second before throwing to first. And so I'm watching the replay. Turns out Oklahoma's right, unfortunately, in this situation because the coach had made, you know, came out and was like, da 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 da. Well, in that moment, I too learned to hate her. It wasn't a simple challenge. She had to be sort of erudite yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like oh, kind of a look at me moment. Yeah, back in the day when yeah, we had Westwood yeah. One at the old place of employment, she did an interview and she's indignant, like as though yes, it's an even playing yes. field. It's the same problem that Gino had with UConn for years. Like you're treating this like it's a fair fight. Stop that. You know that all the pressure's on you. It's supposed to be by default your title every single year. Don't act like this is a fifty-fifty you know round here. Stop that nonsense. Yeah, you're the prohibitive favorite. Yes, easily. Well, you got the better players. You get uh, 10 of the top 12 players every year. So, yeah, they're now, UConn basketball. Now, now listen, though. What, let, me, let me just say this, though, by the way. You're not – so, in that situation – And it's sports hate, folks, just in, you know. Yeah, well, come on. Yeah, we don't have to explain the show to people. Either they get it or they don't. and get the hell out of here if they don't. But what I would, what I would tell you is that – <laughs> Patty Gasso, thank you, director. Tom hates Patty Gasso. Yeah, yeah. Can remember her name. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not a. I'm not a big fan. But I. I don't. <laughs> I guess what I would say is this: if you build something to that extent, you're you're going to receive the wrath of fans who aren't Oklahoma fans or any like Gino era Gino <laughs> Ariyama. Uh, well, I'm not trying. Yeah, yeah. Not today. Um, so. You know, at UConn. Okay, yeah, I got it, man. But you still deserve credit. You still get the credit that's due you if you build a behemoth, a juggernaut of that. It's just that everybody wants to knock you off, and rightfully so. And because the Knowles happen to be one of those teams equipped to have a shot at doing so and actually acquitted themselves quite nicely when they had the opportunity, um, you know. They should be embarrassed and went to a third game. Well, now, see, that's you. Losers. Now, you're just talking from the standpoint again of the Garnet and the Gold. They did win the championship as expected. How you do it doesn't really matter as long as you do it if you have the better team. And they did. But you're right. She shouldn't choose the opportunity to seem like she's indignant about the fact that people are asking her how hotly contested the games have been, you know, almost as if she's implying that Florida State got lucky to win a game. You're like, okay, man, don't do that. Your expectations are perfection. You shouldn't lose a single game all year, (laughs) softball or not. Uh, so 
I'm moving forward here. Yes, there's been breaking news all throughout the uh, the, the beginning here. The uh, quote I was unquote watching, breaking news. I was watching softball last night. Yes, it, it happened. I did. I watched, uh, and I noticed the ancient ass crowd, Norman, and it just stuck with me all day. It's like I wonder if that guy woke up this morning. I couldn't believe the age of the people behind home plate there. I was like, it made me feel better about going to Hauser. It's like, all right, we look relatively frisky compared to the group out in Norman. We do. 70s is the new 60. <laughs> Florida State's got a nothing series this weekend. It's kind of like mm-hmm. everybody take a deep breath and chill out with your family and enjoy Mother's Day this weekend. Enjoy Mother's Day this yeah, weekend. Yeah, it's up in Chestnut Hill. I produced baseball games for Lulu back in the I day. I thought he was going to die. He, was, so he. he almost froze to death. They almost felt that the booth almost came down. The booth was a trailer on top of a parking garage. Yeah, and he's a very big man, and, yep. and that booth was shaky to begin with. And yeah, like, man. one of his calls, he goes, and the booth just moved on the 2-2 pitch. My desk has moved. <laughs> he could probably, if he's listening, he could probably tell us, well, he's yeah, he's not in town. But if he were, I remember one night laughing. Because I know him very, very well and have for a long time. When he was freezing while doing the game, like his dumbass forgot to bring a jacket and they didn't have, and I mean that lovingly, uh, he didn't bring a jacket for some reason. It's a salty Friday. He didn't bring a jacket for some reason and they couldn't close the window. And I, all I remember is somewhere around the fifth or sixth inning, he's like, it is bitterly cold. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Foundations Friday, Lucy Goosey edition of the program. I hope this finds you well, everybody. Now, I must tell you that uh, for early, well, I don't know how, Tom, how you guys plan to turn it around, but I'm looking forward to the opportunity today after we go off the air on a Friday talking to Jameis Winston. Uh, Jameis has agreed to do an interview with me, and uh, we're going to do that this afternoon. Now, it is after 3 o'clock that we will conduct the interview, but you'll get to hear it and see it, and we'll make it part of the show early next week, and, and we'll put it on the website as well. It's going to be a video interview. So Jameis will join us. and I'm We're talking about Jameis Winston. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to talking to him. Uh, obviously, it's been a good offseason for Jameis, and um, you know, not only did he graduate from Florida State, so that's why it's relevant, but uh, – uh, you know, if you've seen the videos of him working out, he, he looks to be in tip-top shape uh, coming off that injury. I miss Chunky Jameis. Maybe after the career, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the playing days are over. Throw out a first pitch? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like well, old it was, times. It was great to see him back in town and to see him go over to the baseball 
uh, facility and, and talk with uh, Chip and, and, and that. It'll be, it'll be fun. I, he always had a soft spot. You know, I think deep down, I'm, these are my words, not his necessarily. But I think Jameis had a love for, for baseball that uh, – is right up there, if not exceeding his love for football over, the, over the years. I think he, he'll try and be a relief pitcher when it's done in the NFL. I think he'll give it a shot. Well, I remember at the height of his powers as a baseball player, uh, he threw a 88 to 91 mile per hour slider, and that's the dumbest thing ever. Uh, that is uh, MLB plus caliber stuff. But he did so uh, – as a weighty individual. Right, yes, yes. <laughs> Have you noticed that yeah. Chunky Jameis and Chunky Pedro kind of look the same with the, like, with the it's cheeks. like the stubby hold, yeah. chin yeah. with the goatee? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so anyway, I look forward to talking to him today as soon as the show concludes, and then you guys will get to hear that um, next week and see it as well. We'll post it on the on the website on Warchan TV. But uh, I, think, I think he's actually due for a good season. And they've given him some extra weapons. They needed somebody to stretch the field. When you consider that Thomas is not a guy that stretches the field, so you needed somebody who does. So, and he's a malcontent too. So, you got that problem. He's unreliable, is what he is. Uh, he's just he's rarely, uh, I think, ready for action. It's frustrating. I'm not talking about James. I'm talking about Thomas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then Traquan and him didn't get along in Seattle. It's easy, Traquan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, all I know is. Uh, you know, I think if you go back and look at uh, what was what was transpiring towards the end of last year with Peyton uh, on his way out, he could not have said more in the way of glowing things about Jameis, the player and the professional, and uh, and and what the team was set up for than than he did. He seemed to think that that was going to be a a perfect transition. Yeah, he was going to have a day against Tampa too. They ended up winning, but um, Jameis was going to have a day. Was that Halloween against the Buccaneers that he got hurt? Yeah, he, he that last he, throw was unbelievable. Well, yeah, he was well on his way, right? He was uh, playing exceptionally well, and he was having a good start to the year. You know, one thing. This is just me talking out loud here. I, I am curious, and I don't know that I'm going to bring this up per se, but I am curious about something because in his career, he's a guy that is proven, and I and I would say this about any quarterback of this ilk. There are very few people that possess the kind of talent he does. Uh, now, there, there are real highs with his game, and there are some real lows with his game, and we know that. But when he is operating at peak efficiency, when he's playing well, he's a top-five quarterback. When he's playing well, when you think when you combine the arm strength, the aggressiveness, uh, the physical toughness, big strong, he's a really strong guy in the pocket, can move outside. He proved to be a more adept runner than people thought he was. The version of him that got down and stopped taking hits uh, and putting his body at risk as often as he was, and the version of him that really forced defenses to defend the entirety of the field, that there are stretches of games where we saw where he threw for over 500 yards against the Rams, for example. The games like There aren't that many people, I don't care, modern rules or not, that can throw for 500 yards in an NFL football game and look like he did that day, right? There, 
Now, there weren't enough of those days strung together. Right, on a given day. On a given day, right. I'll give you top 10 quarterback consistently at the top of his game, but on a given Sunday, he could be the best. Yeah, on a given day. To show you that when you have that kind of ability and it all comes together and the matchup is right and they're protecting you on that day and your confidence is brimming and all those, he can be that. Now, we've also seen Jameis throw four and five picks in a game, and at at that point, no matter what you think, you would be rating near the bottom. So we've seen the extremes. But what I think is interesting, and, and, and I don't think this is going to be the crux of the interview, is that when you're that player, when you're a feast or famine player, it's, it's almost like a guy, we use a lot of golf analogies on this show, and that's because I think in many ways they can be relatable, maybe not to even you who, who doesn't golf. There's a certain mentality that you have to have to go low. And we, we know there are guys, even world-class players who win a lot of tournaments, who really can't go low, low. They're not going to shoot a 60. They're not going to shoot a 61. They're not going to shoot a 59, right? Well, it's akin to gambling, too, in a casino. Right. Like, if you're on a heater, are you doubling down or are you tucking some money away? Are you protecting your money? Right, right. And that goes to the psychology of a player and a person. And they've done studies on golfers who go low. And I'm going to bring this back to football in a second. The kind of mentality they have, the guy that's capable of shooting a 59, the guy that's capable of shooting a 62 in a major, the, the person that's capable of that views the early successes of the round as a freedom factor. It is, it, it is giving them a freeing up. It allows them to be more aggressive and take risks as opposed to protecting. So if I'm three under through three, and I've got a shot to get to the green in two on a par five on number four, and I'm already three under. It almost defines in the moment the kind of player you are. Do I just decide, you know what, the chances I'm able to carry this three wood to get it there over water is 30%. The reward is immense if I'm able to do this, right? But I've already got three in the bank. Do I just lay it up here and play for birdie and just hope to get up and down or whatever it might be, right? Or do I say, well, if I don't pull it off and I go in the water, all right, I'll give a stroke back. I'm still two under through three. It's all right. I can get it back. That mentality decides kind of who you are, right? Jameis, to me, is the guy that's pulling the three-wood out in that moment. I'm going to take this shot because I believe I can make this happen, and we have a lead, or I'm throwing to Mike Evans, or I've got a guy who I trust here, and if I pull this off, that that could be the dagger. That could be you're down two scores, three scores now in the second half because I took that chance and didn't check down. Some of the time, you want to say, don't do that. We have a 10-point lead. The only thing that's going to get them back in the game is you forcing this ball down the field. Same with the player on a Sunday with up three shots. Don't Pull out the three-wood here. You don't need it. Let's lay up, partner, and go from here. Make them, cup. Yeah, well, make them come get you. Look where Sunday pins are. They're not coming to get you. You're playing from the lead. And if they do, then we'll change our strategy on the back if it happens. But for now, don't give them fuel. How hard is it to either dial it back and find a middle ground or to say, no, that's who I am, man. I, I just I, This is how I play. This is how I play. And I well, last that's where as a coach you call a run. Well, I'm taking the decision out of your hands. Well, yeah, and it, an awful lot is on the coordinator in that moment. An awful lot is on an OC in that moment to decide. Like I know my guy, 
I can never ask him to be this other thing. I really don't want to because because some of what makes him different is that he is willing to make that throw and can execute that throw. But also, it also makes him occasionally a liability. So now as a play caller, I got to really, it's on me. It's on me. Because as we've referenced Jimbo before, you know, it's easier to say whoa than giddy up. And so at that point, you're the one saying whoa by what play you call. Right. And Bruce was in all caps saying giddy up the one season. All the time. But what bothered me to this day, now look, it worked out. And you ended up getting, we, you know, Tom Brady and there's a guy that, I mean, listen, nobody's confusing any quarterback with the greatness of Tom Brady. But in that season, those numbers are extreme on both ends. They're extremely good on the one end and terrible on the other. And it was must-see television. There's no doubt about that. He could win you a game with his arm, and he could lose you a game with his arm. And that's how that went. But it always bothered me that the coach pretty much said, I don't care about those interceptions. Keep throwing it even as the receiving core was decimated by injury. I'm like, man, that's where I feel like if I were uh, in the inner circle, I would have been like, hey, man, don't do that. Yeah, the Lions don't game. Don't do that. The Lions game was enough. If he shut it down after that Lions game, he would have been a Buccaneer still. I think that's probably true, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, if they really thought even after that that they could get Tom Brady, it's tough to know. It's, it's tough to know. But you certainly had a better chance to be. If, if it, but I mean, you got like a bunch of slappies out there we've never even heard of at the end of the year, and they and, and then he opened the Houston game on that Saturday well, with a pick yeah. six. And you're like, oh, oh. and Rich go. Eisen's like, he's done it again. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I just the mentality. I find it fascinating. I wonder what coaches do with. with I, I, he was obviously dialing it way back to start last year. It's just so strange too. What a stat that his. First play as a Buccaneer was a pick six against mm-hmm. Tennessee, and his final play was a pick six against Atlanta. Oh, as a Buck? As a Buck. And mm-hmm. in between, he set the record for touchdowns and yards. Oh, yeah, listen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I'm no, pro no, Jameis. No, but, but what I was saying, yeah. like, like, actually, to complete the resume, it's fascinating, right? It, there's that. It's such. It's so perfectly symmetrical. It's perfectly him, yes. You know? 30-30 is him. Yeah. In between, records were broken. Good and bad records. Yeah. For- <laughs> Take a lot of swings here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Jeff Cambridge at 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchat TV. Jeff Cambridge at 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV, Lucy Goosey Edition on a Libations Friday. Great to be with you. And a reminder to uh, call my friends at T-Spark Construction if you need... Anything involving um, a build-out or a roof, certainly. And at T-Spark Enterprises, roofing and construction, they believe in doing things the right way. They believe in doing things the safe way. Employees undergo regular safety training and are constantly being educated on new techniques, new materials, such as becoming a master metal applicator one day. So if you're considering a metal roof, they're long-lasting and durable. And T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction are the best in town at installing. So give them a call today at 766-1340, 766-1340. Get a free quote today at tsparkconstruction.com. Got an interesting question in the chat. Okay. From Barbie. 
Barbie videos for kids, I guess. But uh, it's a headlines S question. If every non-football FSU team won the title in the same calendar year, national championship. Baseball, basketball. Yep. Wow. Tennis but, and swimming. But football couldn't be better than a record of 6-6 six and six for five full years. Would you make the trade? Why did we have to go with five years? I thought this was going to be so simple. The way the buildup was happening there, it sounded like we were going to be asked a straightforward, can you fall on the sword with a 500 campaign while Leonard Hamilton and Mike Martin Jr. get their titles? Because the answer is, hell yeah, we've sucked long enough. I can suck for one more year. That's fine. Get me a title and tennis and basketball and baseball and another one in soccer and sports I never watch at all. Yes, let's do all of that. I, I like national titles. But five years? No, man. Can't do five years. It's like I, I can't personally do five years. I know there's coaches and everybody. I mean, I can't do it. Five more years of having to talk about average to poor football? No, no, no. Yeah, it's a no for the city of Tallahassee. I think so. Restaurants, hotels. Yep. Well, the hotels. I don't care about the hotels. Screw them. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for Hotel Indigo. Which was an excellent place to Oh, I'm show. sure there are individuals running hotels all over this great city of ours that are wonderful to work with. I just hate the minimums and all that. Yeah. Except at Indigo, of course. Of, you know? of course. So I was sick that day, Tom. I know nothing. I'm just fantastic. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, a little breezy. That's not oh, Indigo's well, fault. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I just I couldn't do five years. Yeah, five is tough. Ooh, that's jail. That's a long time. If you could repeat the feat of championships again in the span of five years. So it happens two out of the five years that you do a clean sweep, I might make the trade. But if you only get one year of glory and then you roll the dice the other four years, no, can't do it. Can you imagine the headlines? Like, what is going on with FSU football? I mean, quite literally, every other program is winning national championships. This is not hyperbole. They are winning national championships, and they cannot get to 500 in football. Yeah. It's tough though because you, you flesh it out and you think you know oh, baseball awesome. would finally get twice, over the hump twice we'd weep for Coach Ham, Trey would win. Well, the other thing, yes, my friend Trey Jones would win the national championship, and he's been close, and he's been the model of consistency. So not only personally would I be excited for him, but obviously as an all, I'd be excited for him. That'd be awesome. And then obviously Coach Ham. I mean that you're right. We would weep for Coach Ham. And the problem is, I mean, he's about to be 74, so like. This is it. Yeah, this is it. So, honestly, you would you would definitely want that. And But I can't do it, man. Football, Sue would be like, really? Really? <laughs> <laughs> <She'd> <laughs> right when happy. I walk away. She'd still be happy for the program. But I just, I can't, man, with football. We know from being on the wrong side of stagnant that uh, this, this, this doesn't play, man. You've you got to have. There a, are only so many coaching hot boards you can post. Yeah. Somebody asked me on the uh, on our trip, so what if it doesn't work out? Let's just presume for the moment that even if you argue, because I say this all the time. I brought this up to somebody one time. They're like, well, you know, they're this coach and that coach, and who would you get? And I'm like, good coaches get fired all the time. And it happens all the time because there's more to being a head coach than just the X's and O's. You have to win in recruiting. You have to win 
in public relations. You have to win in fundraising. You have to win in so many arenas. It's That's why the guys are paid what they're paid at the Power 5 level is because it's an 18 to 20-hour-a-day job. These days, it's year-round. Uh, you have to press the flesh. You have to win with boosters and alumni and the administration. You have to win in the athletic department. You have to win on the field. You have to win with recruits, recruits parents. You have to win, period, all the time. And I'm sure it's exhausting, but we don't weep for them because they make a lot of money. I get it. But because of that, good coaches, just in terms of football coaches, get fired all the time. And they, they fail in some capacity. A lot of guys have failed one place and turned around and won at another. It just worked out for them. The timing was better. Maybe their message resonated better, whatever it might be. Maybe they were taking over a program where the cupboard was full, and they walked in, and because they were good football coaches, they were able to hit the ground running as opposed to having to detoxify the locker room and flip the roster, right? You know, all of that stuff. So it's always more complicated than just the W's and L's, um, even though that, at the end of the day, is what gets a coach fired or not, typically, unless there's a crazy off-the-field scandal or something of that ilk. I... Um, I, I, you know, I wondered, you know, the person said, well, what, what if, what if he doesn't get it done? What if they do go six and six this year? What if at the end of the following year, he is a dead man walking and you've got to let him go, even if you think he's a good coach. And that brought me to the point you've made before in this day and age, would you rather just understanding that the noise would be deafening around the program if a guy's steady going five and seven, six and six, but would you rather just say, nope, I'm doubling down. I'm not starting over. I'm just going to get better players, and I'm going to give all that money I would to a new head coach to better players and get them to come Yeah, because I don't think we got money here for both. No, we don't. At places like A&M, they do. Right. But I, I'd still say no, Tom, because even with the money you'd be saving by reinvesting instead of a new coach and starting over, you give it to players instead, those players aren't coming. Because somebody else in a similar predicament would have the same amount of money, if not more, and they would say, no, we'll give you even more. Like the guys that would flip your program, they would. So I would still say no to that. But, man, it is an interesting dilemma. That's not the path we're walking, though. It is not the path we're walking. That's right. It's Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. All right, I don't know why that's on the screen, but I'll read it. I'm a sucker. It's a short segment. I ran along last time, so fine. We'll get to it. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you on a libations Friday, which, if I read this question, is truly a loosey-goosey edition of the program. Why does Jeff hate vegetables? R wants to know. The letter R. Why does Jeff hate vegetables? I don't. I don't hate vegetables. Uh, I don't know. Did that stem from something I asked or said before? I, I, do I didn't hear anything today. Director, no, he's shaking his head now. Mm. I don't hate vegetables. You hate cucumbers, though. Whoa. With a passion. I hate cucumbers, and I hate uh, celery. I'm not a fan of celery. Two useless-ass vegetables. Uh, That's where it's good if we get wings together, because you'd be all carrots, and I'd be all celery. I'm all carrots at that yeah, point. Yeah, I don't need carrots. I don't like carrots. Well. Fine, but celery is garbage. Uh, I, I'm not touching celery. And uh, and people say, well, you can't even taste a cucumber. You can't even taste a, taste a celery. Well, the hell are you eating it then? 
Because you can. They do have a taste. Fiber? Oh, I just really need fiber with these wings. Please. Oh, I thought you just meant in general. No, sorry, I'm saying, sorry. like, no. who's going home like, hey, can't wait to sit down with some celery? Stop that nonsense. That's why you have to put everything on it, because it sucks. Oh, dip it in peanut butter or whatever. Yeah, man. No, no, no. So if you're building an ideal salad, would you build it with iceberg lettuce, romaine lettuce, Ooh. or spinach? I like them all. I like them all. I like to mix them up. Do you like the, all of them in there. Do you like the garden variety? Yeah, I do. I, can, I like them all. And I love spinach. Not as much raw spinach as cooked spinach. I love cooked spinach. Oh, sautéed spinach? Forget about it. I buy those frozen. You know, these are only like a dollar still. They were a dollar when I was a kid. They're still a buck. You get that cube of frozen uh, spinach. Uh, you get the pan going. Is that real? I had no idea that was a thing. It's a buck. Like a buck eighty, buck sixty, whatever it is. Like I get like ten of those. My wife laughs at me. She goes, Director's do? doing like a point to the he sky, kn- like he just made a birdie putt. He knows. He's like, yeah, there he it knows is. I'm right. There They're damn delicious. Get you a little, yeah. Get you a little of that sea salt. Maybe a little bit of butter. Oh, you saute that bad boy. Get about it. What do you think Richard Simmons is singing in that uh, animation that we put up on War Chant TV? Like, what word do you think he's singing? Something lispy, but I don't know. I do not know, but something lispy is, is in all likelihood. Uh, but it makes me smile every time I I like it. to think he's in the part of the FSU fight song as an old grad where he goes, fight, fight, fight. Fight, fight, fight. fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, we'll get it together, kind of. Hour number two. It's coming up. Jeff Kemper, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.